Welcome to the Socialette Podcast, where we empower you with the marketing know-how you need to create the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Steph Taylor, and I'm a marketing nerd, Shiraz lover, and passport stamp collector. Join me as I dive into all things small business marketing and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free lessons every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Let's get learning. Welcome back to the Social Ed Podcast. This is episode 61, and today is one of our longer form episodes. Today, I am chatting with the wonderful Monica Woodhams. Monica is an influencer consultant, the founder of Confessions Media Co., and the host of the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. In today's episode, we chat about all things PR for small business owners, how to pitch yourself, and how getting on podcast interviews can be a total game changer for your business. I learned a lot in this interview, and I know you will too, so let's dive straight in. Hey, Monica, welcome to the show. Lovely to have you here. Hi, thank you so much for having me. For our listeners who aren't familiar with you or with your podcast, what exactly do you do? So I do PR and podcast management for influencers and business owners. I really focus on the female entrepreneur space. Um, so the podcast is really where I speak to influencers and business owners about, you know, what it really takes to make it happen. I think we're all really familiar with what goes on in the Instagram world, but (laughs) the podcast is really to like, just unpeel the layers and really showcase what it actually takes. Yeah, sure. So like, because that's quite a, it's quite a different, um, quite a different role, I guess, or title. What does a day in your life look like? Yeah. So I wake up and hopefully I don't go straight to my emails. That's, that's the dream. I think we all do that though. (laughs) I know. I know. So the first thing I really do is go through my emails and make sure that any clients that are going to be, um, on a podcast, on a separate podcast, that everything's good to go there and that both parties have what they need. Yeah. I realized that that's the best way to start the day so that any fires that need to be put out (laughs) can be put out first thing in the morning. And then, um, I kind of go through Instagram, kind of do the influencer part of me that's still left in keeping my Instagram going because I do sometimes still work with brands. And then from there, I do a lot of outreach. So I will research different podcasts and publications for my clients to be featured on. So after the research part of things to make sure it's a good fit to both parties, then I go ahead and start reaching out and pitching to them. Wow. Okay. That sounds like, that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds awesome. So how, how did you get your very first client? Oh my gosh. So (laughs) my, (laughs) my very first client now, I can't even remember. I think she, I, I was, it was when I used to do webinars, I used to do webinars and that's how she found me. And she's actually the client that I've had the longest over a year and a half. Wow. So yeah, Yeah. so she's stayed with me through it all and it's been really fun to see her grow. That's interesting that you use webinars because like they're they're huge in the US, but in Australia, they're not quite as popular. How did you find that they went? Did you think it was worth the time that you spent on them? So at the time, 
I think that it was really good for me to get to know myself and my brand more because literally even if two people are showing up to the webinar, you're still practicing really pitching yourself and getting really clear on what it is that you offer in a way that makes sense to people. So practicing that was really helpful for me today. Webinars aren't the best use of my time because my ideal clients that I want to work with aren't you know, they don't have time to jump on a webinar, you know, they're, um, they're really busy within their own business and their own clients, um, or the products that they're creating. So they don't have time for a free webinar. Yeah, definitely. And now like my listeners are probably pretty sick of hearing it, but these days (laughs) I've, I've said this so many times these days, you can't just post to organic social media and expect to get all of the results. So um, obviously, I imagine that you believe PR should play a huge part in most businesses' marketing strategies. Where where would you suggest that someone has who has no idea about PR starts? Like, what would you recommend that they do first? Yeah. So the first thing to get started in PR, I think, is understanding what the outcome you want out of it, because yeah. it's different than marketing in the sense of you can't always tie. Um, a monetary result to it because a lot of PR is public perception at the end of the day. So I think being really clear on what your goal is for PR and what I like to, the way I work with my clients is really thinking of PR as the way to expand your reach beyond your own audience as Ah, an expert. Okay. And And I like to think of social media and like Instagram as kind of like just nurturing that Uh, Oh my goodness. That's exactly what I've been saying to people. (laughs) You can't can't really rely on it on organic to grow your audience anymore. So like that said, what are a couple of like different aspects to a PR strategy? So the very first thing after you decide what outcome you want out of it is to create a media kit. So your media kit is basically going to be, you know, your bio, some social media stats, how many followers you have or how big your email list is. And even if it's small, that's okay. It's like at the end of the day, people just want to like see what your presence is. And if you can really tell your, whoever you're pitching to that you have an engaged audience, an engaged audience with 300 followers is better than 10,000 fake followers. Oh my goodness. Yes, (laughs) definitely. Definitely. So like once you've got that media kit, what's the next Mm -hmm. step then? Yeah. So the next step is to decide who it is that you want to pitch yourself to. And the biggest key to knowing that is asking yourself, is this mutually beneficial for both myself and for the person who would have me on their podcast, for example, Yeah. because if it is not mutually beneficial, then don't waste your time and don't waste other people's time. So, you know, that also means doing your research and seeing, okay, this podcast that I want to be on, do they even accept interviews? Um, you don't want to pitch yourself to a podcast that doesn't accept interviews or have interviews because one, they're going to know you don't listen to that podcast. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) And two, like, it's just probably not, you're probably not going to be the one that all of a sudden changes that for them. Yeah. You know, we can, we can think so, but you just, (laughs) <laughs> Unless you're Tim Ferriss or somebody. Right. <laughs> Tim, yeah. if you're listening to that, like if you're listening to this episode, don't worry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
exactly. Exactly. So doing your research is really, really important. And when you reach out to the ones that are a good fit that you do believe are mutually beneficial, let them know why you think that what you have to offer is going to help their audience. Because at the end of the day, it's not just about them, but it's about their audience. And you want to really respect that. Yeah, definitely. So like you mentioned podcasts, what are a couple of other things that um, people could pitch? Yeah. So um, a really fun one is morning shows, local morning shows. That's always a fun one. And again, like you would be surprised um, that all it really takes is reaching out because that's something they have to fill those interviews every single day. So they're always looking for a fresh person because there's some morning shows, especially local ones, where they end up just having the same people over. Yeah, again. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that's a good one. And then also pitching to be a contributor, whether that's on Forbes.com or even, yeah. um, you know, a more specialized blog like The Every Girl, something like mm. that, where you can just regularly create content for them, even if it's for free. Um, that's a really great way to be the expert in front of a brand new audience. Exactly. Cause it's all about like, I guess, becoming that expert. Um, mm-hmm. what sort of tips do you have for pitching? Yeah. So my number one tip is to, in your introduction, make it clear that you know who they are. So whether the, so <laughs> yes. literally, and it doesn't have to take you hours to figure this out because I know we all only have a certain amount of time and for me, for instance, I pitch my clients to um, podcasts that I don't myself listen to. But sometimes all it takes is going to their Instagram and just kind of like going through what they're doing, their Instagram stories. So the example I give is like, let's say they got a new dog. So <laughs> in the opening line, just being like, hey, I saw you got a new puppy. Looks like you must be having the best time with her. I I have a two-year-old puppy. I and love that tip. Yeah. So now yeah. you're already building that personal relationship with them. So even yeah. if, you know, maybe they don't have any openings for you to come onto the podcast, you can still build the relationship because at the end of the day, it's about the relationship that you're building, not necessarily just, oh, I'm getting this out of this person. Yes, exactly. Um, do you reckon it's something that somebody should do themselves or should they outsource it or like get an agency to do it? What do you reckon? So I believe that there is something to be said to having someone do it for you. So it, especially when you're pitching to big podcasts, you you'll get noticed a little bit more if it's on behalf, if it's a publicist on behalf of you, because they know that you're fully invested in this and Um, that also probably means you've been on other podcasts or publications, which means you're reputable and a lot of the bigger podcasts are going to look for that. Um, that being said though, I wouldn't let that deter you from just going for it. And especially if there's some of your favorite podcasts that, you know, you would absolutely be a great fit for, and you don't have it in your budget right now just as long as you send a really good pitch that's compelling, that's really what matters at the end of the day. And with pitching, what do you, what are some of the big mistakes that you see a lot of people making 
over and over again. Yes. The biggest one is sending a copy paste pitch um, where, yeah, where they didn't even like change the name of like the person's name or something like that. Or even the topics I've gotten. um, I've, because I get pitches for my podcast and I have people pitch me something that's completely unrelated to my podcast. And you can tell they just copy pasted it from like a list of probably like 50 yeah, different podcasts. I get that too. <laughs> yeah. So you totally get So it. many. Yeah. And you know, you're busy. Like you don't have time to even really, like if they couldn't take the time to make those few edits, then why, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah. There's just some things that you just kind of can't get past. Um, So that's one thing. And again, I know we all have a limited amount of time, but in the long run, it's worth it to um, make sure that you're not just like sending out a mass message. Another don't is don't make it all about you. Oh, yes. And I'm sure you've gotten this too, where it's literally like, Hey, my name is so-and-so and and I'm really cool. And I think your audience would think I'm really cool too. (laughs) Great. Okay. No pass. Like I need to know what value you're providing my audience with. Yes, definitely. Awesome. So now like part of what you do is obviously being an influencer consultant and because there's so much negative connotation around the word influencer these days, what, what does the word influencer mean to you? Yeah. So to me, influencer means that you're out there sharing your lifestyle and how you live your life. And that it's just, you know, I think we're all influencers, honestly, especially if we are business owners or we have whatever it is publicly, we all are making a difference and we can choose to say, Hey, I'm, I know people are watching me. And so I'm going to share positive tips, tricks, whatever that is to help other people's day better. Even if it means a pretty photo, Yeah, someone is going to get something positive out of that. Um, the negative connotation, I think, you know, there's a lot of the influencer space where maybe they're just pushing product or, you know, it seems like they have all they do is like live this life of luxury and (laughs) or they're just like hot girls in bikinis. Exactly. Exactly. And so I think that that is, you know, definitely what kind of brings the negative connotation to being an influencer. But I think if we can all just remember um, that it's an opportunity for us to have a platform to just share the bits of our lives that can make someone else's day a little bit easier. Um, that's the thing that I try to remember. And, and that takes away the piece of trying to obsess over how many followers you have or how many likes you get, because that's, that's not why the end, the industry was created. It wasn't created to track and compare likes. It really started with blogging when you couldn't even see what someone's traffic was. Yes. Oh my goodness. And it's, it comes back to that thing where it's like having like, just because you have a lot of followers doesn't mean you're truly influential. Exactly. You could actually, you could be an influencer even just amongst your friends. 
Mm-hmm. Like you could Absolutely. be the person that your friends look to. If you get a new pair of shoes or like buy from a new brand, yes. your friends could be like, oh, that's a cool brand. And they'd look up to that. So exactly. for someone for someone who's running a business and who isn't really currently seen as the face of their brand or as an influencer in their field, where would you recommend that they start with building influence? I think... Instagram is a really fun way to do that. And Instagram stories. So don't even stress about it on your Instagram feed. Just start using Instagram stories. And, you know, whether it's just talking about um, your morning routine and just being like, this is the skincare products that I've been using for the last two years you'd be surprised how like all of a sudden that opens like Pandora's box and everyone's like, tell me more. Where did you <laughs> buy this? How did you, I have a question about this. So it's, you know, kind of going through your day, think about your day and think about the things that you do regularly and the products even that you use really consistently and start talking about that because that's yeah. going to feel authentic to you because you're so comfortable with it. And your audience is also going to just feel like it's organic and it's not like you're just forcing this product that someone sent you. Yeah. What about people who don't want to be or or who like don't want to be seen so much as a lifestyle influencer who want to be seen more as an expert in, um, in marketing or in whatever they do in their business? Yeah. So I think there's, I have two parts to this answer. One is I do still think that it's important to kind of show the behind the scenes of your life. Yeah. And again, you don't have to do it that blatantly and maybe it's every so often, but I know for me, if I'm following someone on Instagram, who's a business owner, and let's say I know that they love wine. Um, (laughs) and let's say I'm at the store because I have a dinner party and I need to get some wine. And then also I'm like, Oh, so-and-so had just posted that she loved that bottle of wine. Okay. Maybe I'm going to look for that. Oh, I wonder if she has a new product out. I should check her Instagram and see what she's up to. And all of a sudden, like that person is still top of mind without even doing any sort of, you know, traditional marketing. And so if, I guess if you've got a smaller number of followers, then I guess your followers can trust that you're genuinely promoting the things you're promoting. You're not being paid and they're not, they're not sponsored posts. So I guess that's right. kind of, that's a positive to not having a huge following. I think quite a lot of business owners are a bit scared of becoming an influencer because it means they actually have to like get away from the computer screen and put themselves <laughs> out there. Yeah. You can't yeah. just hide behind your computer screen. What tips do you have for someone who's afraid of putting themselves out there? Yeah. So I completely relate. This has been me before. <laughs> me and, too. <laughs> and the biggest thing I have to say is that when you force yourself to step out of your computer, out of your office space, that's when inspiration and creativity is going to start flowing back to you. So if you are ever thinking like, why is writing this email so hard for me right now? Why? I don't know what to post here. It chances are it's because you're so deep in your work and you need to just take a step back and you just never know what business opportunities, just living life will bring to you because you never know going on that walk is going to, you know, you're going to meet someone who's like going to refer you to 10 other people just because you ran into each other at the park. You just don't know, but you have to really trust that life beyond the computer really can be just as powerful for your business. 
Yeah. And what about putting yourself out there in terms of getting on Instagram stories and like getting on Instagram lives, Facebook lives, like just yeah. putting yourself out there as a person rather than hiding behind your business? Yeah. So I would say baby steps, because <laughs> if you try to just decide today's the week that I'm going to be on Instagram live, Instagram stories, all of it, you're not going to do any of yeah. it. So one of my favorite tips is for Instagram stories and to do the walk and talk. So basically go outside or go to your backyard or whatever it is where maybe no one's going to see you and just, you know, have your phone and looking at the camera and just start walking and talking because as you're kind of like moving physically, that's going to kind of calm your nerves a little bit more than just feeling super awkward about holding the camera right in front of your face. So that is one of my favorite tips. And to just, again, know the topic that you're going to talk about. It's okay if it's literally going to be 30 seconds long. You just have to rip off the bandaid at this point. Yeah. And then just walk and talk to your phone. (laughs) It does get easier as well. (laughs) But it's so funny that you said the walk and talk thing, because I've done that. I've done that outside on the street and I've been so self-conscious. I think like, oh, what are these? Everyone's going to be thinking I'm talking to myself (laughs) like a crazy person. (laughs) And I mean, but the thing is we think that, but then at the same time, it's like everyone knows like you're either Instagramming or FaceTiming someone or, you know, we overthink it way too much. Oh, yeah. 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 So it's just a mindset. It's really a mindset thing. Oh, definitely. All right. So just going to change tack a little bit here. So you've got a really successful podcast, the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. What have been some of the doors that your podcast has opened for you personally and for your business? Yeah. um, One of the most recent ones was I was invited to be um, a panelist at a conference um, in San Diego, actually last week. Oh, exciting. Um, and yeah, and it was alongside some really cool people in the industry. So Jasmine Starr was, um, the keynote speaker. So Mm -hmm. that was a really cool, really cool opportunity that came through like, you know, as a result of the podcast. Yeah. And what about like some cool people you've met or interviewed? Have you had any amazing guests? Yeah. So, um, I don't know if you ever watched Step by Step in the 90s, but... No, uh, I didn't. (laughs) Okay, so Christine Lakin, she is an actress. Um, Exciting. She was on the podcast. I've had um, Bachelor contestants. Oh, cool. uh, Jamie Schmidt of Schmidt Naturals. Um, Her, um, she actually recently just sold her uh, skincare business to Unilever. So she has a global brand now. Yeah. So there's been some really cool people that I've been on the podcast. That's amazing. Like podcasting is such a good way to build, like open that connection, open that Mm -hmm. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Why, why do you think that podcasts are such an effective part of someone's PR strategy? If they're running a business or trying to position themselves as that influencer or expert? Yeah. So the best way I like to explain it is by going onto someone's podcast, that audience already sees the host of that podcast as an expert. Yeah. Therefore, they're going to trust whoever they bring on. So automatically, you've already overcome, you know, that first touch point of trying to, quote unquote, prove yourself to the audience. So they already trust yeah. the host. So therefore, they think, okay, there's something to this person. And then through conversation, 
people can really get to know their voice, get to know their story, get to know their view. And that is, that's a connection that's much deeper than you can get out of an Instagram photo. So I like to say that like, it, it just takes so many more Instagram photos to make the same impact with someone brand new to your space than just one podcast episode. Yeah. Well, and do you think, do you think podcasting's, or do you think it's got more of an impact than say like being featured in a media publication or is it just different? I think both have, you know, they're both valid and they're both important to be on. I think right now podcasts are trending and yeah, so, so if you're so if you're not on a podcast at this point, mm. like it's time to it's time to really get on there. And also chances are that I don't want to say more people will see it, but more people will listen to the full story that you have to tell. So someone's more likely to listen to an entire podcast episode versus skimming through an article and just looking at the quote. Yeah, definitely. And like for the more ambitious business owners out there, do you think starting a podcast for themselves is as effective as pitching other podcasts or is it like something they should do together? What's your opinion on that? Yeah. So I think it comes down to, and I'd love to also know your opinion on this, but I think it comes down to knowing what you can really commit to time-wise because having a podcast is no joke. (laughs) It is, (laughs) it is not something to add to your plate. So, um, I will have, uh, clients come to me and say, okay, you know what? I want a podcast and I want to be on other podcasts. And I really have to say, do you have time to have your own podcast? And if they start to kind of hesitate, then I'm like, no, we're just going to get you on other podcasts and, you know, that will be the exposure. And then we can revisit this later. But I'd love to know your thoughts on that. Yeah, I agree. Like it grinds my gears when I see a podcast that it's launched and it's had like maybe three really good episodes and then you don't see any more. And it's like, that's, it's it's all about the consistency. And that's why like the majority of my episodes are five to 10 minutes long. And then like maybe once a month I do an interview one and yours are all interview, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. So they they are, they're all longer format, which takes a lot more time commitment than five (laughs) minute ones. (laughs) I can easily just plan them, record them, edit them in an afternoon and it's done for the next week. It's so much exactly. easier. What What's your opinion on consistency? Do you think it's super important to be consistent with your podcast? Yeah, I think so. I think if you can be consistent with your podcast, you're going to see your growth is a lot faster because yeah. you want your audience to get in the habit of listening to your podcast and expecting it to come out. Yeah. And the second that they no longer can rely on you for that, they're just going to find someone else because there's so many podcasts that have launched this summer. It's oh like some like record number. It's insane. I mean, I just, mine launched in January, so I'm part of this whole new wave. But, you know, that means that consistency is going to be the thing that really gets you results in the long run. Yeah. As opposed to just being another one that like releases a season and yep. then never comes back ever again. So for someone who wants to start with getting on podcast interviews, like what, um, what equipment do you think they need like as a basic? Yeah. So 
honestly, I still use my $40 microphone from Amazon. <laughs> and you can see here, it's broken. Oh, I'm not no. gonna, it broke. I put it in my um, checked baggage, not oh. thinking about it. I wasn't planning on checking the bag. And then last minute I did, forgetting that the microphone was in there. Oh, um, no. But my point to that is like, you know, it don't let feeling like you need all this equipment to hold you back. Like, yeah. You can really like get started without all the fancy bells and whistles. Yes, um, definitely. I yeah, so that's an important thing. I think also just making sure that you have a reliable internet connection. Yes. I know we kind of <laughs> talked about this, but whether you're being interviewed on a podcast or you're having someone on yours, you don't want your internet to be the one that's messing up. <laughs> it's yeah. it's special. You know, because it just, it create, it can create chaos. So yes. whether that means, you know, thinking, okay, I need to book, um, a meeting room in a co-working space once a month to knock these yeah. podcasts out or whatever that is, just kind of think ahead. Definitely. And I think like, it's probably more of a problem on our side of the world than yours. Like Australia and New Zealand are not really known for their reliable internet. Like it's getting better, but it's still not, it's not perfect. (laughs) Um, Okay. So like once you've got the basic equipment and I I agree with you, you definitely need a microphone. You probably can't rely on like your headphones and the the headphones that came with your phone or anything like that, especially if you're pitching to the bigger podcasts where like sound quality is such a big thing. Yes. So you've got yes. your, but you like, it doesn't need to be something expensive. So once you've got your pod, your, your equipment, you need to research which podcasts to pitch to. Where would you recommend looking for podcasts in your niche? Yeah. So one of my favorite ways to do it is literally just get into the iTunes and search for keywords that are in your industry or your niche and just start there and seeing what comes up with those keywords. Yeah. And the second thing that I would make sure you do is see when was the last time that they released an episode because uh. like we were just talking about, it could be a lot of people's podcasts where they released two in 2017 and you don't want to waste your time pitching to that. Yeah. Um, So yeah, so I would start there and just like really searching for those keywords. And then, especially if you find one that you're like, oh yes, this would be a perfect fit. Look at the iTunes recommendations, like, because that'll show you what their audience is also listening to. Ah, okay. That's smart. Yeah. Okay. And like, how, how do you then, once you've found it, how do you know if it's like worth pitching to, like if they've got enough listeners or if it's literally just like their, their parents and their dog listening to it? (laughs) (laughs) So I think it depends how early in the game you're in. So if you haven't been on any podcast yet, then I think it's okay that, you know, their only listeners are their parents and their dog because (laughs) (laughs) what you want is to start building your portfolio and being able to show someone, okay, this is how I did in this type of interview. This is how I did in this other type of interview. So everyone has different interview styles and the more different formats that you can show someone, the more that they're going to be like, okay, they can hold their own. Yeah. Because what a podcast host doesn't want is to have a really awkward interview where the guests couldn't really 
hold their end of the conversation. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Like that is so important. (laughs) All right. So like just back onto like general business questions. I have a couple of questions that I ask every podcast guest at the end of the interview. And the first one of those is what has been your biggest whoops moment in business? Like what's the biggest mistake you've made? (laughs) Oh my gosh. The biggest mistake I've made. I would say I've definitely like sent wrong emails at the wrong time to my list. (laughs) Like I've definitely like been like thought I was like on my game and like scheduling them in in advance. And then all of a sudden I like sent two in like two minutes. I like, that's definitely happened before. (laughs) And then it's like, um, and especially when it's something like, um, like big announcement coming soon. And then it's like, the next one, like two minutes later, goes out and it has the announcement. I was just like, oh gosh. So I Quite would say, like that. so I would say any mistakes I've made have really come from me trying to either like rush through something yeah. or just multitasking. And then that's when things like that happen. Oh yeah. Like the number of mistakes I've made multitasking. It's so funny that you mentioned the email one because yeah, like every wrong email <laughs> I've sent out has been because I'm doing like 10 different emails at once or like, yeah, just all these different exactly. things. What has been your biggest growth moment in business so far? So my biggest growth moment was probably this summer when, um, my business really scaled, um, in a way that was so noticeable that I didn't have enough hours in the day, which, you know, which was really exciting and scary at the same time, because it meant it was time to start delegating. And so I think personally, I had to go through a lot of personal growth and allowing myself to, let go of that really tight grip because I just have tendencies to, you know, quote unquote, no, I can do it all. But it's like, (laughs) I could technically do it all, but that doesn't mean I could do it all well. And so it's taken a lot of personal growth as well to really be okay with loosening the grip. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of similar to you in that, like, yeah, I I don't want to let go. I'm always like, oh, why would I delegate it when I can do it quicker than it takes me to explain it to someone else? But then it it comes back to that quote that I love where it's, and it's like, um, you can do, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Yes. And I think I said that on this podcast before, (laughs) but it's such, it's (laughs) it's such a good quote. Exactly. What advice would you give to your pre-business self? Um, I would say just start it now. I, it took me a really long time to do what I'm doing today because I was afraid that I wasn't ready for it or it'd be a someday thing. And I wish I had just, you know, said now, now do it now. Um, instead of coming up with a million reasons why, it should be someday. And honestly, like that carries through all of life. I've always been really good at saying one day I'll do this one day, you know, like in high school when I wanted to be a college cheerleader, I was like, one day I'll be a college cheerleader. And then like, I just kept delaying all these things. And ultimately I did them all, but it could have happened a lot faster. Had I just been like, I'm going to do this and it's going to happen this year. Yeah. Like jump and then figure it out. Like yeah. build your parachute on the way down kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Amazing. Thanks so much. So Monica, I'd love it if you could please tell my listeners where they can find out a little bit more about you. 
Yes. So they can find me on Instagram at Monica Woodhams. And then my website is confessionsmediaco.com. And that's where um, I share, you know, my podcast episodes that are coming out on an influencer girl lifestyle. And then also um, tips and freebies for doing your own PR. Amazing. Thanks so much for being on the show, Monica. It's been lovely to chat with you. And I'm sure my listeners have learned a lot. Yay. Thank you.